I heard a story of a teenager who was uh, out late at night. He was supposed to be home by, by 12, midnight, and he shows up at 2 a.m. And so he's sneaking in and he's walking up the steps and he hits the stairway and there's a creak in the stairway. And his dad shouts out, is that you, Bobby? And Bobby says, yes, it is. And dad says, what time is it? About the time he said, what time is it? The cuckoo clock began to cuckoo twice. <laughs> and the boy said, the boy says he had the most, most intelligent move he's ever had in his life as he stood there on the stairway and he cuckooed 10 more times. <laughs> Most of us probably don't think we have a problem with lying. There was a survey that was taken several years ago that said 66% of people believe it's okay to tell lies. 31% of the people agreed with the statement that honesty is the best policy. The man who invented the lie detector test, he conducted over 25,000 experiments on, on lie detecting, and he basically said the human beings are basically deceptive. I'm not surprised by that uh, because we, we live in an era where it seems okay to tell a lie. It seems okay to not speak the truth. As a matter of fact, we have coined a new word in society today. It's now called, I misspoke. How many times have you heard a politician caught in an obvious uh, untruth? They say, well, I misspoke. How do you misspeak? Just tell us the truth. That's what we want to hear. But you see, now it's okay to, to misspeak or to lie. Well, we, we are uh, living in interesting times. Uh, so we live with this dilemma that we face. How can I be honest in a dishonest world? world. How can I be dishonest in a dishonest world? Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, as we continue our series on the Ten Commandments, this is what it says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. We have deduced it to say, you shall not lie. This is one of the commandments that, that we struggle with. You know, lying is the intention to mislead another individual. You have the intent to deceive an individual. And so we're going to look at these words this morning uh, in this, this ninth commandment of the heading, tell the truth. Tell the truth. That's what I want to do. And as we look at this, I want to give you four things that we can do, four ways that, that we should tell the truth or how we should tell the truth. First, we ought to tell the truth completely. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 10 in the today's English version says this, someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. The writer is talking about somebody concealing something. You're hiding something for someone for some reason whatsoever. And when you begin to conceal things, when you begin to hide things, it leads to resentment and it leads to mistrust. And what, you, what happens, if, if you don't face the issues honestly, eventually they're going to explode in your face. Proverbs 18 verse 23 says this, in the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. Look at that phrase, in the end. It says the same thing in the NIV, but in the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. When it comes to the end of the matter, they really would appreciate you speaking honestly to them. I remember several years ago at a church in which I served, uh, I had to fire a, an employee, a, a ministerial person, 
uh, is a hard, hard decision I had to make. I called him in my office along with my chairman of deacons, my chairman of personnel committee, and I was just very blunt and honest with him. I said, you know, you're not working out, and we're going to have to let you go. Uh, man, it was a tough decision, and, and I, you know, I, I grieved over that decision uh, for a long time until several years later, I bumped into him at the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, I, we was in a massive hallway, probably as wide as this and twice as long, and we were the only four people in the hallway. I don't know how I could be coming this way and him coming that way, and I saw him, I said, and I called out his name, and I went to him, I shook his hand, hugged, I said, I want you to know how much it hurt me and how hard it was for me to do that. He goes, wait a minute, he goes, it was the best thing you ever did for me. In the end, in the end, he appreciated the honesty more than he did me, me uh, building him up or lying to him. In theory, honesty is the best policy. That's what we should always do. And sometimes when you're honest with some somebody, it may lead to cause confrontation. But you do it because you know it's best in the long run. Second, tell the truth consistently. The first was tell the truth completely. The second was tell the truth consistently. Being honest 80% of the time is not integrity. It doesn't work that, that way. It's kind of like the little boy crying wolf. You, you don't know whether to believe him or not. Somebody may be honest 80% of the time, but how do you know they're being dishonest at 20% of the time? You don't know where it's at, so what you wind up doing, you don't believe anything they say because they're not honest with you all the time. And so, so you struggle with this idea. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 says, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. What Paul is saying in that passage, he's saying, he said, make it a habit. Make it a habit to always speak the truth. That's the best policy. Speaking the truth should be a lifestyle for each one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 11 verse 3 in the today's English version says, people who can't be trusted are destroyed by their own dishonesty. Nobody has a good enough memory to be a liar consistently. Why? Because it takes too much effort to remember what you said. You, know, you, you tell a lie to someone and then you're trying to remember what you said. So then you tell another lie to hide the other lie and you wind up. You can't remember what you said anymore. And so you kind just find yourself constantly lying. But yet if you just tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Because you know the truth. And so you don't have to remember what you said to, to Jim or, or John or Joe or James or Jamie. You don't have to remember what you said because you just tell them the truth all the time. Honesty is always the best policy. We should always do it consistently. Dishonesty sabotages success. It destroys relationships and it damages character. Third, tell the truth lovingly. Ephesians chapter 4, 15 says, we should be speaking the truth in love. Listen, the truth does not have to be brutal. You do not have to do it to, be, to, to, to hurt somebody. You shouldn't have to do it to, to damage somebody. Uh, you shouldn't have to do it to tear somebody down. Uh, there's an ancient Arab proverb that might help uh, when you think about this. It says, when you shoot an arrow, dip it in honey first. 
I don't think it's talking about literal arrows, okay? <laughs> I think it's talking about arrows of, of truth. Uh, when you're shooting it out there, make sure that you code it well first. How do you know if you're speaking the truth in love? This is a critical idea. How do we know if we're speaking the truth in love? Ask yourself these questions. Who am I trying to benefit from this? Am I trying to change them so things will be easier on me? Or am I really sharing this because I really care about them and I want the best for them? If I am doing it for their benefit, then you know that you're speaking the truth in love. If you're doing it for your benefit, it's probably not the truth in love. Ephesians chapter 4. Turn over there real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. You know where it's at. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Get to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29. The reason I want you to turn there is I want you to circle some words. I want you to look at this, this uh, passage. Sometimes it helps us to know what the passage says, but also what it does not say. Listen to what it says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. I'll have it on the screen for you, but I want you to participate with me. Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only, circle that word only. That's the key. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only, that's the word I want you to focus on, only what is helpful for building others up. Notice this is for building others up, not me. This is not about building you up. This is about building others up. He goes on, according to their needs. Again, it's according to their needs, not your needs. So you're only going to say words that build him up that's according to their needs. He goes on and says, that it may benefit those who listen. Listen, it's to benefit them, it's not to benefit you. So there it is again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit, that it may benefit those who listen. Fourth, Paul says, tell the truth tactfully. Or four, tell the truth tactfully. Whenever you need to share a tough truth, the solution is never deception. Who are you not being honest with? Consider that question. What problem are you ignoring in a relationship? Um, well, what are, you, what are you pretending that's not there in that relationship? What are you unwilling to face up to? The Bible says the truth will set you free. Truth will always be best. It will always set you free. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18 says this, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healings. Listen, you have an option with the words that you use. You can use your words to hurt somebody, or you can use your words to heal somebody. You can use your words to develop somebody, or you can use your words to destroy somebody. You can use your words to build up somebody, or you can use your words to beat somebody down. You can use your words to delight somebody, or you can use your words to devastate somebody. Words have tremendous power. And may I submit to you the words and the hurt that somebody submits to you is worse than any physical harm you can, you can have. Whoever, what's the old saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That is false. 
The names and the words stick with you forever. I read somewhere in a book that I read several years ago. It said that for every, every three, for every negative word that you hear, you have to have three positives to replace the one negative. That's true. That, that negative sticks with you constantly. And so, so we need to keep that in mind. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23 says, A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Here's what the, the writer of Proverbs is saying. He said, think before you communicate. Before you open your mouth. Man, did this would hit me hard. Because uh, I, I am constantly, I am usually out here in my conversation and my mind's over here. Think before you communicate. Perhaps whenever you go to talk to your friend and you're about to be truthful with them, you got to plan out your presentation. Know what you're going to say before you just, you just walk in there and pop off and say whatever comes to your mind. Be careful. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. The Bible says if you would do these four things, then you will begin to be an honest person. However, there's a problem. We don't do these four things. We don't do these things. We don't always speak uh, the truth completely or speak the truth honestly or consistently. We don't always tell the truth lovingly. And we don't always tell the truth tactfully. Why is that? Matthew chapter 12 verse 34 says this, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, that's the real problem. The real problem is what's inside of us. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. So really what it is, is the heart of the issue when it comes to lying is an issue of the heart. The heart of the issue when it comes to lying is an issue of the heart. We have a problem. There's a problem within us that keeps us from being honest, that keeps us from telling the truth. So we have to deal with, the, with my heart and not my lips. We have to deal with what's inside of us instead of what comes out of us. We have to deal with, with what motivates us. So what I want to do is I want to give you five ways that we lie, and then I want to give you the motivation behind that lie so that we can begin to deal with it. So why do we lie? Once we understand the motivation of our lies, we can begin to deal with it. Lying is not our real problem. It's what's in our heart. We begin to categorize lies by what motivates them. Augustine said there are eight lies that people tell. Mark Twain said there were 869 lies that people tell. I don't know where he came up with that number. He was probably lying. You know, I don't know, but the point is that there's lots of different ways that we lie. First, there is the cruel lie. There's the cruel lie. This is the lie that you tell when you, you, are, you want to be intentionally destructive or malicious toward another individual. This is when you want to get revenge on a person. This person's hurt you. This person's deceived you, so you want to get back at that individual with the intention of hurting them. This is when you use slander. You use slander. You make up something about, about, about a person, and it's not true, but you do it with the intentional purpose of damaging 
their reputation. That's what the religious leaders did to Jesus. They told a bunch of lies about Jesus with the point of hurting him. Why? So they could send him to the cross. That's intentionally lying, the cruel lie. What's the motive behind the cruel lie? Well, jealousy, hurt, anger, hate, resentment. But let's just categorize the motivation behind the cruel lie as resentment. Somebody hurts you. Somebody upsets you. Somebody gets you mad. You say, I'm going to get even with them. And so out of your resentment, you attack them with a cruel lie with the purpose of hurting that individual. Second, there is the cowardly lie. The cowardly lie is when you want to escape the consequences. Uh, you don't want to uh, be punished. You want to avoid punishment. So, so you make something up to get out of it. This happened to me years ago when I was, a, I was a little boy. My mom and dad left for the night and left me there by, by myself. First mistake. Uh, they left me there by myself. I was, I was old enough to take care of it. I mean, I was like 11, 12, something like that. I can't remember. Maybe 10. Uh, uh, it was a different era though, okay? You could leave kids at home back then. Uh, and my parents left and my mom and dad had these vinyl chairs in the kitchen. And uh, they, they were, I think they were pretty new. Oh, they made good drums. They made good drums. So I was sitting on the floor and I was beating some drums. Man, I was beating some drums. And in the middle of my beating, there was a rip appeared in that new vinyl kitchen chair. And so I immediately took the chair and I took it back to my room and I brought the one from my room and put it in there. And I brought it, and I put it underneath the desk in my, my room like my parents might believe I was studying or something. <laughs> Come on. I didn't know what I was talking about. You know, never had before. All of a sudden, you know. uh, so, uh, and my mom and dad came home and they found the chair. Uh, I mean, it, it didn't even take them five minutes to realize something was wrong. Uh, you know, uh, and, and so the, the, they said, what happened? Of course, you know, I knew what was going to happen. So, uh, when I said that, Flip Wilson was very popular on TV, and I said, the devil made me do it. <laughs> In my best Flip Wilson, the devil, the devil made me do it. The best Flip Wilson voice. I didn't get punished that night. My mom and dad said so they were in the back room and just laughed. <laughs> they just laughed. I got out of it. You see what I did? I lied because I was a coward. I didn't want to take the punishment that belonged to me. Adam did the same thing in the Garden of Eden. You remember when God called him a lie? He took it like a man. He blamed his wife. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what we do. We, we have that cowardly lie. We don't want to get caught. What's the motivation behind the cowardly lie? Fear. Fear. We don't get punished. Fear is a trap. Fear is what you do when you just want to go along. You ever been in that situation where you said, you know, uh, teenagers get this a lot, say, you know, I just can't do it. What you really mean to say is, I don't want to do it. But you're afraid of what they might say. Oh, I can't. I just can't do it. There's a lot of difference between saying, I can't do it, and I don't want to do it. There's a lot of difference. And we need to grasp that, that understanding. Third, there is the conceited lie. You do the conceited lie to impress people. Yeah, you want to create a false image of yourself so that people will be in, impressed by you. It, it's, it's bragging and lying are first cousins. They're really re related to one another. It's when you, you make things up about yourselves. 
you'll you, see this happen a lot with, with young people. Uh, they, they will lie about doing drugs so they can impress people because they don't want to be made fun of. They'll lie about having a sexual relation. Why? Because they don't want to be made fun of. So, so, so they have this conceited lie. They puff themselves up. What's the motive behind the conceited lie? Insecurity. They're insecure with who they are as an individual. What comes off is pride and what comes off is ego. When you pull it away and when you peel away the layers of the onion, you have a very frightened, insecure individual. This is the people that will pad their resume. This is the people that will make themselves look better than they really are. Paul ran into this problem when individuals in the, in the church at Corinth were, were challenging his credentials. And Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? This is the fish always gets bigger story. You have to tell it more and more to make yourself look better than you really were. You know, it's like the guy that says, man, I caught a fish that was this big. But it gets bigger every time. I did. I did catch a fish that big one time. I threw it back because I thought it was bait. <laughs> we do that because we're conceited. This is the lie that we always tell. Fourth, there is a calculated lie. This is the lie where you manipulate people. This is the lie when you, you say things because you want your way. Uh, you you want to get what you want when you want it, however you can get it. So you use this lie to manipulate people. What's the motive behind that lie? Greed and selfishness. This is when we think we deserve something, so it said, I'll do whatever it takes to get what I want. And so we lie about it. It's the calculated lie. Finally, fifth, there is the convenient lie. This is the lie that we tell because it takes too much effort to tell the truth. It takes a lot of energy uh, to tell the truth. This is when you, you're asked to go somewhere and you don't really want to go, but you say, yeah, okay, I'll go. And you have no intention of going. Preachers get this lie all the time. I just want you to know that. Yeah, you see somebody you haven't seen them in church a while. I said, man, it sure would be great to see you in church Sunday. He said, man, we've missed you a whole lot. Sure would be good to see you. He said, we plan on being there. See you Sunday. And they never show up. You know what we call that in preacher talk? Lying. Just tell me the truth. Preacher, I don't really want to go. I hate your guts. Okay, it makes you feel better. At least I don't have to look for you. Lying. You know I'm telling the truth. Right. Or, 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 preacher, you know, I've been sick for eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. We get this all the time. It's the, the convenient lie because we just don't really want to tell the truth. What's the motive behind that? Laziness. <laughs> we call that diplomacy. You know, saying one thing and, and not really meaning it. We, we do it because we don't want to offend other people. Psalm 34, verses 12 and 13 says this, Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. You want to live a long time? You want to live a good life? Keep your tongues from evil and keep your lips from lies. Jesus says what's in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. 
Jesus says lying is an issue of the heart. Listen, if my heart is, is full of resentment, I'm going to tell cruel lies. If, if my heart is, is full of fear and is full of worry, I'm going to tell cowardly lies. If my heart is full of insecurity, I'm going to tell conceited lies. If my heart is full of selfishness, I'm going to tell calculated lies. If my heart is full of laziness, I'm going to tell convenient lies. So what's the solution? What do we do? We got to get a new heart. We got to have somebody come and change our heart. We have to do that. So how do we how do we we do that? Well, the fact of the matter is Jesus specializes in heart transplants. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more you're going to start living a life of truth. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more time, the less time you're spend in lying. So how do you break this habit of lying? How do, how do we how do we deal with this thing? The very first thing, the very first step, the beginning of honesty is the confession of dishonesty. You need to admit it to God. You need to admit it to God. And say, God, I am I am dishonest. God, I am a liar. How many lies does it take to be a liar? One. Just one. And you have to admit it before God. Say, God, I am a liar. And, and you come to God and say, God, help me to be more interested in character than in reputation. See, there's a difference between character and reputation. A reputation is what people think about you. Character is what you really are. A reputation is, is, is what people believe about you. Character is what God believes about you. Reputation is what you want people to believe. Character is what you are in the dark when nobody's watching. Reputation impresses people. Character impresses God. Character lasts for eternity. Reputation will die with you. And when you say that I am more interested in, in, in character, you will be more willing to tell the truth because you know that character is a thing that will last forever. So you have to begin by asking God to put a new heart inside of you. You got to confess that God, I'm a liar and I need you to come in and transform this lying heart into a truthful heart. What you need is forgiveness of that sin and ask God to take it away and give you a new heart. So that's the first thing. You got to confess your dishonesty. And don't lie to God about it. He already knows it. Don't, 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 go, don't go to God. You know, God, I lie occasionally. Just come and say, God, I am a liar. And God, if I didn't tell you the truth right now, I'd be lying to you and you already know it anyway. Just tell him, I'm a liar and I'm dishonest. And there's not any hint of truthfulness in me. Second thing you need to do, you need to get some support. Find an accountability partner. Uh, get a person that will hold you accountable to what you say and what you don't say. Take the risk, my friends, and begin speaking the truth in love. Begin speaking, speaking the truth to people. Listen, it will be better for them, and it will definitely be better for you if you do it. Tell the truth. Nothing but the truth. So help you, God, is what we want to say. 
So what is your response to such a sermon as this? I know you're looking around and, and you're probably saying, well, this doesn't fit any of us. Well, you're lying to yourself. And God's word to use is make it right. For some of you, probably everybody in this room, look, you've been a, a Jesus follower probably longer than I've been alive. Can you just say, but you still got an element of lying within you and you still need God to clean your heart every day, every day. And the Bible says if we'll confess our sins to him, he is right, faithful and just and he will forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. He will still do that. He wants to do that. He longs to do that. He wants to transform you into the image of his son. And that is a everyday process. You just, just wake up one day and say, oh, today I'm like Christ. No, you're not. But are you striving to be like him every day of your life? And don't lie to yourself and say you are if you aren't. So for some of you, even though you're a Christ follower, you still got this issue in your heart and you need to deal with it. For others of you, maybe you do not know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've never got to a point where, where you've asked Jesus to give you a new heart. For you, God's, God's word to use is that get it right now. You know, don't, don't put it off to tomorrow when you can do it today. Say today, Jesus, I need you to cleanse my heart. I need you to come in and make me white as snow. White as snow. So that then I can follow you. And I can be a part of what you're doing in the world around us. In a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. A time to give you an opportunity to respond. Kip's going to come and lead us in a song. Cassie's going to come and play. I'm going to have you stand. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then we'll give us an opportunity to respond. Josh is going to come up. Marcy's going to make her way down to the front as we stand together. And I'll lead us in prayer.